In today's show, I'm going to be talking about the Brooklyn Nets from a fantasy basketball perspective for the 2021-2022 season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Earlier today, we spoke with Doug Norrie of Locked On Nets about the Nets perspective or the Brooklyn perspective on the Nets and what that means for their rotation and the team. And now we're going to talk fantasy value of this squad, what we can expect, draft ranges, ADPs, bus sleepers, all of that sort of stuff. So how about we uh, how about we talk about all of that sort of stuff right now with this Brooklyn Nets squad? And let's go, let's go straight in here. And uh, and have a look at how the schedule plays out. Now they have a a pretty big chunk of quality games, fifty four of them, which is above average. So that's good, and you'd expect that with a team as good as the Nets. The problem you're going to have with the Nets is that they're so top heavy in terms of fantasy value that you're know, streaming those players in won't particularly be great. But it does help with guys like Claxton and Griffin and Harris, uh, even Bruce Brown at the back end of the rotation. When you're streaming those guys in, there is a little bit of value there. They also have a league low twelve back to backs. And those of you concerned about James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, that's a league low. That's 12 of them. As I said on the show earlier today with Doug, I do not expect the Nets go in with a plan that they sit those 12 games, that KD sits one of every back-to-back, that Kyrie sits one of every back-to-back, and Harden sits one of every back-to-back. The least likely player to sit is Harden. Irving and Durant are way more likely to be injured, um, and they will sit some of those back-to-backs, I imagine. If they are fully healthy, I would expect maybe four or five of them they sit. They they played back-to-backs last year. KD played back-to-backs last season. Blake Griffin played back-to-backs last season. So I don't think that they go in, despite how it might seem like common sense to us, that, oh, you need to preserve these guys for the playoffs. Kevin Durant's going to go out and say, I want to play, and he's going to play. And James Harden's going to do the same thing. So I don't think we just automatically write in 12 games off for all of these guys. Maybe that happens because of injuries and other factors, but I don't think there's an automatic, your baseline is 70 games, and then any injury they get on top of that takes them down any further. So I think that narrative gets overblown a little bit as well in fantasy, that they're just going to sit every back-to-back and they're going to be super cautious. They will sit some, but I wouldn't think that it's going to be this wide, you know, widespread, overblown problem that I think some people think it's going to be. In the Yahoo playoffs, the default, they have 10 games. And in my default playoffs, which end March 20th, they have nine games. Yahoo, it goes 3-4-3. Three, three. And in my playoffs, in my playoffs, we go 3-3-3. Uh, three, three, three. So not an ideal fantasy playoff schedule. The Nets could be so far ahead of every team. Although, again, I don't think they're that, that far ahead of everybody in the NBA that they're going to be just sitting blokes willy-nilly through March and April just because they're so far up in the standings. This is not a team that won the championship last year. This is not a team that got to the conference finals. So they're not coming from a position of, oh, well, we know we can do it. We know how good we are. They didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't even get to the final four. Yes, injuries and toes online and all that sort of stuff. But the fact remains that it didn't happen. So they can't rest on laurels and just expect it to happen because shit can go wrong. 
as we saw last year, shit can go wrong, especially with a, a team that's built like this who has had some guys who have had some injury um, have had some injury concerns in the past. I don't think there's any uh, any real uh, real, real, real argument there at all. Now let's look at um, pressure points. So what could possibly go wrong on the projections for this squad? Um, it's the rest days, I think. Now, in terms of me projecting them, I think that I think for fantasy this year there is a pretty clear top eight. Um, when you're talking Jokic, Curry, Towns, Lillard, Harden, Durant's in that mix as well, um, Giannis, Luka Doncic. But if Durant does, in fact, rest those 12 games at absolute minimum and then gets injured and misses 20 games, is he included in that mix? If Kyrie doesn't rest games and plays 75 games, then he is in that top eight, probably top seven type of discussion. I think Harden's going to get underdrafted regardless. But you could easily have an argument to me where on a per-game basis, Harden, Irving, Durant play 75 games each. And they all are per top nine on a per game basis. I think that's a reasonable argument, but they could they could you know, do the opposite of what I'm thinking they're going to do, and and sit these guys 18 games a year, and just and really stagger things and play them 31 minutes a night and blow everyone out by 20 points and really sit these guys down. That that could happen, and that really it gives you a level of uncertainty. And but there's uncertainty with so many of those top top draft guys, to be honest. There's not many guys who you feel super confident about what they're, what they're doing. Jokic is one of them. Um, yeah, Giannis, you feel relatively confident with. But there are question marks about a lot of those players in that first round type discussion about what actually happens with their value, how they play, their minutes, and injuries, all that sort of stuff. There, there are concerns about some of those guys for sure. The other pressure point, I think, is Blake Griffin. I imagine, like Doug said, that, that Blake starts at center. But if he doesn't, then that really boosts the value of Nick Claxton. Now, I would love to see Claxton as a defensive guy who's a low-usage player fit perfectly alongside the other starting four. The Nets don't seem to be in that thought process at this point. I don't really understand having Griffin out there. But I would, I would if I was Steve Nash, which I'm not, and I had any organizational pull, I would just be saying, let's start Claxton. Let's give him 26 minutes a night. And let's see how he develops and then becomes a switchy defender who can protect the rim, which is vital for us in the playoffs, rather than T-Rex arm, Blake Griffin, be out there and need the ball in his hands and just sort of move around and, and do sort of some things. Like Griffin was pretty solid last year for them, but I don't think that is an upside play or a good developmental play. But yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to start Claxton. But if they do decide to start... Um, to start Claxton instead of Griffin, well, that does change things on the projections. It does boost the usage, amazingly, of those other three, the big three, and it obviously would increase Claxton's value absolutely massively. Like, his value would go through the roof, much like your value in terms of your uh, your your bank balance might go through the roof if you put your football knowledge to the test at bet online. Football season, it is right around the corner. College football starts in a couple of days. Actually, I think it might start tomorrow. The NFL, we're going week three of preseason. That season's ready to go. And you can put all of your gridiron knowledge to the test 
over at Bet Online. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, which is open now at Bet Online. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener Thursday, September the 9th, with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will get refunded up to $25. Only if you are a new customer signing up with the promo code NFL100. So, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all of the offers that they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's look at breakout candidates. To me, there is really only one option here, and that is Nick Claxton. Not only does he have top five hair in the NBA, but the potential is there. But again, I still th- I, I think he's probably only going to play 20 minutes a night, maybe maybe 22 minutes a night. There'll be nights where Griffin is out. There'll be nights where they should give Claxton more playing time. I don't know if DeAndre Jordan's going to be on this team or how much he's going to be a part of things. But if they decide to go full Claxton, which, hey, why not go full Claxton? If they decide to go full Claxton, then he's a real breakout option. I would consider him as a last-round fantasy draft player. His rank on Yahoo is too high. It's 115. That's that's ludicrous. Uh, ESPN, it's 268, which is ludicrous in the other direction. But yeah, I would be happy to take him at pick 150, 151, 152, that sort of area, and see what they do, even though my confidence in them doing it is maybe 10%. I really don't think that Claxo is going to be out there playing those huge, huge minutes as much as I would like to see that. Now, the, the thing I guess we could count in the, well, maybe they do do it basket, is that last year, he didn't begin the season. He had a knee injury. He was out for months. So they had to, they didn't give him training camp. He didn't have that start of the year to get acclimatized to playing. It was only his second season. Now he's had a full yeah, second half of the year, a playoff run, an off season. He's going to have a training camp. He's going to have a preseason. And maybe yeah, taking that big leap second to third year, with all of those things in place, with the way I think it fits, there is that possibility. So I'm not ruling it out. I just think that with Griffin's cachet as a veteran starter, that he will get the nod, even if it does make, yeah, in my opinion, more sense for Claxo to be that guy who who comes in there and plays those minutes. It's something to watch. There's clear upside. There's top 80 upside in Claxton. If he played 28 minutes a night, 12.7 rebounds, over a three, almost two blocks, I think he could do those sort of things. He's got that ability. Um, but you know, whether it gets there or not is a really, really big question. But in terms of we looking at upside, like Mills doesn't have the upside. James Johnson doesn't have it. Bruce Brown, he doesn't really have the upside. Cam Thomas is just not going to get those opportunities unless Harden, Irving, Durant are all out. And then he has to come in and then take lots of shots. And even then his fantasy game's not all that well-rounded. So Claxton really is the only, uh, really is the only option there. I think to be considered a, a breakout candidate on this team uh, with the way that they're currently constructed. Let's look at some fantasy sleepers. Quite a few here that I think we need to look at. Um, Bruce Brown, the Shark. Where is he? Baby shark. On Yahoo, they've got him at two eighty one. Now Brown played a pretty large role last year. But interestingly, he only played 22 minutes per night, and he was 168th ranked player. I think that we looked at Brown and said, we remember Brown from being that guy that when someone got injured, he would start, and he would play well. He played like 26 minutes a night as a starter and 17 coming off the bench. 
And that second figure is very, very important to note. The fact that when he was on the bench, his role was very small. But in saying that, 281 is ludicrous because he's going to be the sixth starter on this team. That when someone gets hurt, he will jump in. He will have a pretty good field goal percentage, fingers crossed. He can get defensive stats usually. He's not a bad rebounder, but there's not massive stuff to his game. But in terms of deeper leagues, there's value in him. I talked about it already that Claxo, um, that his, well, hang on a sec. Yahoo has updated that crazily because when I put this graphic together 12 hours ago, Claxton was ranked 363 on Yahoo. He is now ranked 115th. Somebody's made some changes over there. I wonder how many of these other ones are off, but uh, okay. So that Claxton at 363, he's uh, he's not anymore. He's listed at 115. That is wild. Anyway, James Harden at seven. I think that that is too low. Uh, Yahoo's got him at seven. ESPN has him at four, which is about right. I... I, look, Harden was the third-ranked player last year. He played a lot of minutes. He was hurt. But even with a drop in usage, he just delivers so many assists and gets steals and rebounds and blocks and hits threes and free throws. And I think he will hurt a little bit with the new uh, focus on bullshit foul drawing. That will hurt him a little bit. But at seven, yeah, I I wouldn't take Harden. Yeah, I wouldn't take him after Damian Lillard, for example. You're debating Harden or Doncic. I'd still take Harden. Harden or Towns, I'd take Harden. I mean, no reason to me that he can't be a top three fantasy guy this year. So while seven to three or seven to two is not a big difference, at the pointy end of a draft, it is. Kyrie is listed at 29 on ESPN. Um, I know that there's a there's reasons that people don't like Kyrie. He was the sixth ranked player on a per game basis last year. You can't have him at 29. I'm sorry. He was 15th in points leagues. And I think in total value, he was actually a top 10 player last year as well. 29 is a absolute steal. Oh, but what if Kyrie gets sad? What if Kyrie has to take time off? If he does, kids, cover your ears. It's none of your fucking business. And if he needs to do it, fine. Hate Kyrie slander. And you know, I, I hate really any professional athlete slander, to be honest. Um, I have no problem taking Kyrie in round two. I'm more worried about the knee problem that he had many times. The ankle not an issue, which hurt him in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, 29 is a ludicrous number for Kyrie to be ranked at. Harden's also at 29 on fan tracks, which is just insanity. Let's, let's be honest. While Claxton, um, again, they've updated. Oh, no, they haven't updated Claxton on, on ESPN at 268. That's too low. And then Kevin Durant's at 85 on fan tracks. Again, fan tracks' rankings are a bit off at the moment. So if you are drafting there, you're going to have to scroll down to find KD. And I think KD, again, is a guy we look in that top eight, top nine range with more risk associated with him than there is associated with James Harden. I don't think that that's a controversial statement. But there is more risk associated with him. But I don't think that he should be falling outside the top 10 in fantasy drafts because then you're getting into that situation where, like, who are you drafting ahead of him there? Like, are you taking Brad Beal, Paul George, maybe? Jason Tatum, maybe? Like, who? who, who where do we look at the end, at end of the first round, start of the second round? Jimmy Butler? Nikola Vucevic? Like, I don't think so. I don't think they're the guys you want over Kevin Durant. I wouldn't be letting him slide outside that top 10 in my mind. All right, let's look at some bust options. And there's not many huge busts for this team, I don't think. Yahoo has DeAndre Jordan at 192. I I don't understand why. Um, he's not going to play every night. And while that's you know, out of the realms of discussions for standard leagues, 
that people will still be looking at him as a draftable guy in deeper leagues, and I wouldn't be. He just isn't good anymore, and he's not going to play every night. Joe Harris is the other one I thought looked a bit off. He's at 106 on fan tracks and 124 on ESPN. And taking him in that area is not terrible. I think he's more of a 140 type of guy who hits threes. Weirdly, not a good free throw shooter and doesn't do anything else. No assists, low rebounds, no steals, no blocks. Yeah, low volume, field goal percentage. If you're talking at the league with three-point percentage, it's really interesting for him. But otherwise, you know, at 106, especially on fan tracks for Joe Harris, I just don't really see the value in it there. Like, is he going to get their best case scenario? Probably not. And even last year, with all the injuries, where did uh, Harris finish up? 113th with in- with those guys playing seven games together in the regular season. So I don't really see Joe, and that's without a full season of Blake Griffin as well. So I don't really see Joe getting back to that level and then exceeding that level uh, for the coming season. And he is... Joe Harris is not someone you should even consider drafting in points leagues. I've talked about this ad nauseum last year. He is not a points league guy at all. He is a 16-team league points league player rather than a a must-roster sort of guy. If you are looking for parts for your car, rockauto.com is the place you need to go. You don't want to waste your time going into a local chain auto parts store. It's a waste of everyone's time and a waste of everyone's money. You've got computers in your pocket or in your home with access to rockauto.com, and that is the place that you can go to buy those parts for your car. Save money, 30, 50, even 100% off for the parts, the exact same parts that you would find at those car dealerships or in those chain auto parts stores. It's a family business, Rock Auto, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and they are reliably low the prices for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Boxer? They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then while you're doing that, Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. We've established that fact. There are delicious flavors. Raspberry cheesecake is back in stock. Go grab a box of that. You can get salted caramel, German chocolate, mint, brownie, raspberry, strawberry, orange. Unbelievable flavors. Cookies and cream, the best flavor of all. I forgot to mention that one. But not only are they a delicious treat, but they are a protein bar that is good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is also the sponsor of the US track and field team. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. Built.com, LOCKED15 is the code. Make an order, save 15%, and get your mouth around the best tasting bar in the world. All right, let's go on to looking at some deep league flyer types for the Nets. Got four names that I mentioned here. Well, indeed, the deep league flyers or last pick in a standard league. Bruce Brown Jr., who's going to have you know in and out of starting lineups. If they're healthy, yeah, his value does drop quite a bit, but he is an interesting deeper league guy. Nick Claxton's a guy that I like as a, as a last pick flyer type player in standard leagues. We've talked about that already. Paddy Mills is more of a deeper league guy, but there is a, um, a, a little bit of value, I think, in Millsy whose rank is 287 on Yahoo and 293 on ESPN. So he's a guy that can probably get past that, maybe sniff the top 220. So there is a little bit of something there for Millsy in that scenario. And the other one you take a flyer on is Cam Thomas. Now, again, like I said to Doug on the earlier show, I saw a take online saying that he is a chance for Rookie of the Year and Sixth Man of the Year, which I'm going to tell you now is absolute, just a a falsehood. He's not going to win either of those awards. But if there are catastrophic injuries... 
to two to three key Nets players. Thomas might be forced into a larger role. He might average then in that larger role 14 points on 38% shooting, but he is at least a name who probably is going to be part of the rotation ahead of a Javon Carter who might be able to get in there and score and getting points, especially in a deeper league is not an easy thing to do. So if you're able to get in there and get someone who scores, which Cam Thomas 100% can do, then that is something to uh, take into consideration. So not a guy that I look at as a standard league guy, not even really close to it, because again, James Johnson, Paddy Mills, and uh, Bruce Brown are all going to be ahead of him, and Nick Claxton probably. He's going to be the 10th bench guy, but at least in deeper leagues, there's something to see with him. Now let's look at the rest of the players on this team. Let's, let's do it. We're not going to have too many more opportunities to do it. Ah, yes. James Johnson's going to move in here to the Nets and fill the Jeff Green role would be my expectation. He will get occasional starts. And if he is forced into a larger role, you know he can get steals, blocks, and assists. His usage and his shooting has dropped way off. So don't consider too much about him. But he is a very deep league guy who, who may not crack the top 300. Javon Carter can be a steals specialist. But again, he's probably not an every night rotation guy. Could be at times over Cam Thomas. Um, DeAndre Bembry was signed, but he's probably going to be like a Timotei Lawawu Cabarro and someone who can sort of fill positions across the two, the three, maybe the four, can handle the ball some, but it's going to take a couple of injuries for him to get into the rotation. You got rookie Dayron Sharp, the center, who at this point is the fourth string center behind Claxton, Griffin, and Jordan. He's a very good rebounder, Sharp, but there's a lot of the other parts of his game that need work, and I don't think he's going to really play very much at all this season. You've got Alizé Johnson, who we know had that 2020 game last season, but then basically just doesn't play. Um, I am not convinced that he is an NBA starter caliber player at any point in the future because he's not particularly young. He is 25 already. I don't even think he's going to be a big part of this rotation. He could jump ahead of James Johnson for sure as a backup power forward, but I don't think you should be swayed too much by that 2020 game that he had. And then there's second round pick who's on a two-way, Kessler Redwoods, who, again, just really won't play. He'll play for Long Island most of the season. He can hit some threes, but overall, I don't particularly love his long-term fantasy output. Um, yeah, nothing that really stands out with him. We're still waiting on news on Zegarowski, Raekwon, uh, Raekwon Gray, or uh, David Duke Jr. We need to see how all those guys uh, play out or who gets that second two-way spot or what even happens with DeAndre Jordan. So let's just go through this team again. Harden, I think we're looking at your top five sort of range. Durant, top nine. Irving, I think he's top 15 pretty comfortably on a per-game basis. All three of those guys, I think, are top 10 players. Um, in points leagues, Durant and Irving do lose value quite considerably. Durant was 11th in points and, and uh, Irving was 15th last year. So just be aware of that because they get a lot of value from their hyper-efficiency. Uh, they do lose value. Harden also loses a bit of value in points leagues. And then it's a huge drop-off. You could have three top 10 guys and then no other top 120 players. I think we look at Harris, Brown, Claxton, Griffin as the next group. Claxton with the highest upside out of those guys, which is fine as a last-round pick. Harris, if you're looking to solidify some threes, you can take him in round 12 or round 13. Not in points leagues, though. 
And Griffin's more of a 14 to 16 team league guy, as is Brown, whereas then you go to Mills, Johnson, and Carter as those deeper league sort of guys. But there is value to be had in drafting a James Harden, in drafting a Kyrie Irving, especially in, a, in taking a flyer on a Nick Claxton, although in, again, Yahoo, they have updated that ranking and just completely obliterated any of that value that he may have had. That'll do it for me today. We are going to be back with another show tomorrow, another two shows tomorrow, talking Cleveland Cavaliers. So be tuned for that. They uh, they just made that trade for Larry Marketing, so I'll try and work out what the hell is going on there. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. One thumb up, two thumbs up. Give them both up the middle. Ring the bell. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Share it onto all your social media, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hang on. Running a new system here. Let's try that outro again. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.